from verse 18, if you want to open that up. If you don't have a Bible with you, it'll just be here on the screen. Matthew chapter 1 from verse 18, and we're going to be reading to verse 25. Then we're going to do uh, one more song, and Tony's going to explain this to us a bit. Matthew chapter 1 from verse 18, very famous. Uh, but let's not, um, yeah, let the familiarity not us see the things that God wants us to see. Verse 18, Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleeping, he did exactly as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Well, Merry Christmas to you all. If you don't know me, uh, my name's Tony. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're going to be looking at that passage that was read to us um, this morning, just a minute ago, by Dani from Matthew. From Matthew chapter 1. So if you have a Bible, you can turn it there. Uh, we will actually put some of the verses on the screen as we go through. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Jesus, Lord at thy birth. Lord at thy birth, the King of kings lays thus in lowly manger, in all our trials, born to be our friend. Fall on your knees, O hear the angels' voices, O night divine, when Christ was born. Do you see? what all the carol writers are trying to do. Perhaps with some difficulty, perhaps with some uh, struggle and trouble finding the right words to portray what they're trying to say. They're trying to capture and to express the good news of the birth of Jesus Christ. They're trying to put to verse and to song what we find in the gospel accounts in the New Testament. 
the good news of Jesus, the momentous news, the stunning news of the birth of Jesus Christ, which is exactly what we see in the passage from Matthew that was read to us this morning. It's an interesting passage and it starts, uh, you can easily miss how it starts because right up front in verse 18, Matthew is making a clear contrast, a clear contrast. He's just finished what's known as his genealogy. Uh, You can see that in chapter 1, verse 1 to 18. Uh, Maybe it's the kind of thing you've skipped over when you've noticed these bunch of names there. But in that genealogy, there is the constant phrase, the father of, the father of, the father of, the father of, the father of Boaz, the father of Rahab, the father of Obed, the father of Jesse, and so on and so on it goes until you get to verse 16. And then there's this slight nuanced change which has massive, massive earth-shattering significance and this is how it goes. Verse 15, and Elud, the father of Eliezer, and Eliezer, the father of Marthan, and Marthan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. Do you see what Matthew's doing? He's setting us up for something momentously important. Something off the charts in terms of what God is doing at this moment in history. In terms of the advent or the arrival of Jesus and especially his birth. Have a look again at verse 18. Contrast. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Here we have most likely a 16-year-old, roughly virgin, young woman, betrothed to be married to Joseph. A betrothal in those days was a lot more than our kind of engagements. They were legally binding. In fact, if you were betrothed to someone and you wanted to become unbetrothed, the only way for you to do that was to divorce whoever it is you're betrothed to. So it took divorce to break a betrothal. So you can see how, how kind of binding they were. The marriage took place when the groom took his betrothed home after a ceremony. If you were betrothed, physical intimacy was considered to be adultery. Only when the marriage was ceremoniously uh, fulfilled and the groom took his bride home, did the two come together. And so this reading finds us in the period of betrothal and Matthew records shock, horror, She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. In other words, her pregnancy was becoming obvious. She probably started to have a bump. She was found to be with child. But notice what Matthew says. Don't miss this momentous news. Before they came together, she was found to be with child. How? Matthew tells us, 
unlike all the others, the father of, the father of, the father of, she is with child from the Holy Spirit. Uh, Joseph doesn't know this yet, though. We've got an advantage, right, looking from where we're reading. We've got the full story. At this point, he didn't have the full story. Uh, no doubt he noticed the bump. He would have concluded, understandably, that she had been unfaithful to him. He would be thinking, this child belongs to another man because I know it doesn't belong to me. How else could this be? Matthew tells us a bit about Joseph too, doesn't he? He says, he tells us that Joseph is a just and a compassionate man. So even though he's reaching certain conclusions about Mary, he doesn't want to put her to shame publicly for perhaps what he thinks she's done. So he resolves to divorce her quietly without any shame or as little as possible. And that's when, it, that's when things get interesting. He's got a plan. He knows how he's going to deal with this. And as he's thinking over this, no doubt, probably deeply distressed if you think about it, Matthew shows us God's gracious intervention for Joseph. As he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. An angel of the Lord appeared to him. Someone sent directly from God appeared to Joseph in a dream. Don't fear to take Mary as your wife. Don't be distressed by her pregnancy. Why? Because that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. This pregnancy is not from another man, this pregnancy is from God. God is doing something massive here. God is doing something momentous here. The power of God by the Holy Spirit miraculously brought about the conception of this child. So this child is no ordinary child that Mary is carrying. This is the Son of God himself. In verse 22 and 23, this is made even clearer if it wasn't clear already. All this took place, Matthew says, to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means... God with us. Matthew quotes this prophet from 800 years earlier and in doing so declares that this child is Emmanuel. This child is God with us. All this took place to fulfill what the prophet Isaiah said, who said lots of other things, one of which was this one, which perhaps you are aware of and you know. For unto us, Isaiah prophesies, to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his, his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet 800 years before. All this is God's doing. 
It's God's kindness to us. It's God coming among us, coming to us, God with us, fully God and fully man, son of God, conceived from the Holy Spirit. And the obvious question that should raise for us is why? Why all this fanfare? Why all this fulfillment of prophecy? Why this conception by the Holy Spirit? Why is God with us in this particular way? Has he just come to visit the world that he has made and and then he's going to kind of disappear again? Why has the eternal God stepped into time, fully God and fully man? Well, again, Matthew gives us the answer to that question. Matthew one twenty one. she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. He's come to save. He's come to save sinners like you and me. He's come to save those who cannot save themselves like you and me who have failed to love and honour God, who have often lived for themselves and not for God. He's come to save people like that. All those who will turn to him and welcome him. Let earth receive her king. All those who will receive him and all those who will pin their hopes on him, he will save. As we've seen recently, the name Jesus actually means Yahweh or God, the the great Old Testament name for God, is salvation or Yahweh saves, God saves. This is interesting, isn't it? Because so often we can think about seeking God or having a relationship with God and we can think it's about us doing a whole bunch of things to try and reach up to him. But the reality is, and Christmas confirms it for us, that God has reached down to us to lift us up from where we are in the person of Jesus. And to have a relationship with God, we need just turn from our sin and turn to him. So friends, two massive realities that I want us to see here this Christmas. Two massive realities about God that this passage reveals and about his son, Jesus Christ. He is the God who is with us. This is the good news of Christmas. This is the momentous news of Christmas. God has come among us. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Friends, he is not far off. He is not a God who's far off and distant and unreachable and uninterested in us. Though he is God, Paul writes, he was found in appearance as a man. He took on flesh. He was found in human likeness in order to redeem humanity itself. He is the God with us. And secondly, he is the God who saves us. He is not indifferent. He is not uncaring. He is not unloving. 
He is not merciless. He is not disaffected by our needs. In fact, he knows our greatest need. Salvation from our sins. Salvation or deliverance from the consequences or the penalty of sin in our lives. And salvation or deliverance from the power of sin and its hold or its grip on us that we cannot shake free of. He has come to bring this salvation to us. He has come to accomplish this salvation for us. He is the God who saves us. If we will turn from our sins and turn to him in dependent trust, if we will look to him to save us. Friends, think about it for a minute. He couldn't have gone to any greater lengths, could he? Really? When you think about it. From the praise of myriads and myriads and myriads of angels, from the glory of heaven itself to come and humble himself though in very nature God he couldn't have done anything more could he? to come and be obedient to the father's plan which would mean the cross for him the cross where he died for our sins where he would save us. It's good to think of the heights from which he came and the depths to which he went in order to lift us from the depths of where we are and one day bring us into the heights of where he came. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. Now, I don't know what you have planned today, but if you haven't already, I'm going to put myself out there and say that I think you're probably going to receive some gifts at some point today. Gifts from those who love you. Gifts from those who are near and dear to you. Gifts that reflect in a very small way the greatest gift ever given. The gift of God himself. Son of God. Conceived by the Holy Spirit. Come to save. Born to give them second birth. And with those gifts that you're going to receive today, there's something else that you'll probably do with each of them, I think. I hope you do. You will give thanks to the one who thought of you, to the one who knows you, maybe knows the kinds of things you like, to the ones who love you. You'll give thanks. He knows our need. To our weakness is no stranger. 
Behold your king. Before him, lowly bend. Give him thanks. The one who thought of you, who knew what you needed, and who delivered it for you. Will you give thanks to God today for the birth of Jesus? The God who is with us. The God who saves us. Will you give thanks for this good news, this momentous news? Perhaps you might receive that gift for yourself personally for the first time today. Maybe you haven't seen how great Jesus is and how wonderful what he's done for you is. And you want to receive that gift from God today. You can do that. Talk to someone who you know who already has. Just maybe say to God these three words. Sorry. Sorry I've ignored you for so long. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done for me in Jesus. And please, please help me to follow you from today on. If you've already done that, then I want to encourage you to keep receiving the gift. Because it's not just a once-off thing when you come to know Jesus. It's an awesome thing at point one, but it starts the rest of your life receiving his grace and his kindness and his mercy and his forgiveness until one day you receive his fullness in his presence. So keep receiving, keep turning to him, keep trusting in him, keep thanking him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ, the Lord. Can I pray for us? Father, we want to pause just now and thank you for the good news of Jesus. We thank you that it wasn't good advice and things for us to do, but good news of what you have done for us in your son Jesus. Thank you that, Lord, in him we see you. We see your glory, your wonder, your power, your might, your mercy, your forgiveness and your grace. Father, please grant us thankful hearts today, joyful hearts today, humble hearts today, as we worship you, as we give thanks to you, as we enjoy time with others. Father, we just thank you and praise you for your goodness in Jesus, and we praise you in his name. Amen.